Well, hello, everybody. If you want a free resume evaluation, jump on in. I'm doing that right now for everybody online. I'm streaming the Rebel, Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. I'm here to provide free resume evaluations for a little bit if you want it. So there you go. We got the information. And we're going to go ahead and do this. Got a lot of stuff online. We'll share the screen. And then we'll go from there. This is a resume that I recently helped a guy with. I got some information. I made some changes. And he was hired because of the skill set that he provided. So this is good. Once again, the format I was not happy with, per se, the way it's laid out. However, this is what the customer required. So I provided some verbiage. He said, thanks, this is what I need. I said, great, you got what you need. We went off, and now we have a hired individual. Let me click on this. So I'm happy for Mr. Barrera. Another satisfied customer walked out the door. And I'm willing to be, because he was so happy, I'm willing to do the same thing for others right now. And I'm going into my platforms here. And I'm uploading the information. Okay. Well, I'm just eating a handful of pretzels right now because I don't have any activity, so. Grab a bag of pretzels and eat them. Resume, right? We put our name, email address, phone number, only one. We want to play hide and seek with employers. We have to put reliable information on that resume. We're going to put down a brief summary of what we do. Our objective, what we would like to do. And it's all dictated upon what the client would want. Format-wise, I just provide some assistance. Set up assistance with the product. Resume is a resume. And I'm streaming on Twitch, YouTube. Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, and Rumble. Just putting it out there for a little bit if anybody would like a free chop on a resume. Provide that information to people. Name, phone number, email address, only one. Something reliable. Our objective, to obtain a position of. Put a job number in there if you'd like. Job title. Then we'll go with our summary of qualifications. And then our work experience. Our education. And what I'd like to do is see if I have anybody joining me anywhere. I don't currently have anyone joining me, but I did provide a very brief video. For people to watch and familiarize themselves with.
So where are people join us? My resume right now. Copying it. I'm going to add this person to my team. Apply the validation rule, I'll add them in. Okay, so I got a person on Rumble. I'm doing a free resume assistance here. Send me your link. Send me your resume. Send it to me. I'll share the screen. Send it to tutorjacknetwork at gmail.com. Here you go. Here it is.
put that in as a comment. You can send it to me. If I receive something from you, I'll go ahead and work on it. I'm going to my live right now. Put it in the chat. Because that's one thing I did forget to put in. I forgot to put my email address in. So, Jack Network, email.com. Or you can share your screen with me. We can do that too. We can do a share screen. Yeah, we can even do that. I'll see what I get. Let me go back into my Facebook. I'll put my email in there, but what we can really do is just do a screen share. Network at gmail.com. I put that in. I said there's different ways we can connect. Uh, We can even go into meeting, which is a better way. Because then we can just do a screen share and I can work on something with you with meeting too. So I'll put that in. I go in here, put my meeting link. I've got my meeting on YouTube. I'm going to put my meeting on Facebook. Yeah, people can just live connect with me there on meeting. So a couple easy ways to network here. And I'm going to go into Twitch. Is there the main sites I put it on? Twitch and Rumble. Free resume evaluations. Uh, Let me go in here. Watch. That's an example I have there. And on Twitch, I can't do it that way. I got to do the. Got to do the link here. And I can do that right here. I work at gmail.com. Let's do that. So the email has been included and so has the meeting link. So people can reach out to me if they want. And I'm also going to put that out on. Where else can I do all that? Where else can I do it? Probably go ahead and grab the stuff here. There's no end. There's no end. You grab it all off a. Of go back in here, newsfeed. Add a title, get something here. I want to park some content here. Your resume evaluations. Copy that. And uh, that doesn't work. Uh, I can't use this stuff on Twitch. I have to do it on here. Oh. Yeah, that's wrong. Hold on, let me grab it. Damn, it's not the right link. So I just had to make a little work for myself here. Resume evaluations. I'll go ahead and fix it here. Wanted to make it nice and easy, but I didn't. Uh, we'll come in here. Have to go to Wikipedia. And grab that information. And uh, let me grab the correct link. 
Can I see what the problem with that link is now? There it is. Control V. I see the problem now. I have to take it out. It won't work. Now I see the, uh, the link problem. So we go with my. Uh, Network. Email.com. And then share my other link. People could come on to meet and talk about if they want. Back here. Put that in. And I have to put the wrong link in. I have to put the wrong link in. I, I don't have a choice. Even though it's not taking it correctly, I have to make a best uh, effort, a best approach. So now I see the disconnect. Okay, so we have that. So I put that information in. I'll go into my notifications here. So I put the correct information in, even though it was a mistake. And I don't have a choice because of the way the word is written. That's our disconnect here. Let me see. Let me get a let me get a view. Edit. All right, I did that the best I could. So we're back on it. And I want to see if anybody wants a view on it. A nice sit snow on her.
Get the right resume. Watch. So we're copying that link over and so far I don't have any shakers on this. So I got it posted out in a bunch of bunch of sites. That's all I can do. Mm. 
So let's sit on in on this resume preparation that I ran across on LinkedIn. Let's go ahead and do that. And see where we go. So we're starting this thing in about two minutes. And we're going to attend it. Looks like a pretty live event right now. How to write an effective resume strategies to become a standout candidate. This is written by... What do we have? Two people on here. We have uh, Seaman and Andrew Seaman and Linda Rainier. So let's see what these guys can do for us here. We'll go ahead and share a screen. This kind of fell out of the lap. I, since I'm not getting any takers on my free resume evaluation, we're going to jump in. We'll stop sharing. Let's share my screen. We're going to let the two experts take over here. Why not? They're trained, they're enthusiastic, they're part of the LinkedIn team, they can jump in and help us. I always go for outside support if I don't get any myself. I still stream the event, everybody's happy. We learn some things, I meet new people, they meet me, we do the good things and and we're set. Let me turn on this microphone here of the noise so when these guys jump in, they can take over. Never met them, never had a, any interactions with Andrew or Linda, but right now they're a part of the team. So this is a good thing. Yeah, let me see if I can do that too. There you go. So we did this. See where it goes. You can see all this information here. I put that link out actually earlier. And now we have some music coming in. These guys are real high power. They know what they're doing. Glad to have them on the team here. Glad to be monetized. We're going in about 15, 14, 13 seconds to look for I just decided to have these folks jump in because I wasn't successful on my own event. 2,930 people on this thing. Oh, wow, I'll take it. They must be LinkedIn professionals. All, over 3,000 people attending this event. Glad to jump in. Look at this. We're going to leave it alone. We're going to leave it alone. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest Career Talks. I'm your host, Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's Managing Editor for Jobs and Career Development. I'm so excited that you're all here. I see so many of you in the stream, so please continue to introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, where you're from, and what you do. Maybe if you're in the middle of a job search or if you want to upgrade your career. Really, whatever you're going through, tell us in the comments. We already have so many people here. We have Jose from Miami. We have Adi from uh Israel, we have Elaine from Paris, Michael also from Tampa, Florida, uh, we have Anna from London, Nicholas from Columbia, Chris from California, and Allison from Illinois, and I'm joining you live from the Empire State Building in the heart of New York City. So welcome to all of you, like I said, introduce yourselves, and then once you're done with that, I want you to look at who else is in the comments. Maybe you see someone who's in your geographic region. Maybe you see someone who is in the field that you work in. Maybe they work in the field that you want to work in. Reach out to them. Maybe you can help each other job search or talk about your career, about your industry. Really, networking is the cornerstone of successful job search, and there's no better time to start than right now. So make sure you're building those connections. And we have such a great topic for you today. We're really talking all about how to use resumes to become an outstanding candidate who really attracts a lot of attention from employers. And you know, despite all the headlines about layoffs, there's still hiring going on, there's still job openings out there. So make sure you continue to move forward with your job search or whatever you're trying to do in your career. And we have a really great guest today, Linda Rayner, who is a career strategist. She is a career coach and she is also a founder of um, the top-notch resume and top-notch interviews. So welcome, Linda. Hi, Andrew, and hi, everyone from all over. 
Yeah, no, we have tons of people. We have Marco from the Netherlands. We have Shishal from e Egypt. We have Wanda from Charlotte, North Carolina. Joshua from Utah. Margaret from California. Thomas from Plymouth in the UK. And Eric from Pittsburgh, my home state of Pennsylvania. So we have people from all over. Amazing, amazing. Well, hello, everyone. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, no, thank you so much for joining us because resumes are really a foundational element of a job search. A lot of people, um, they don't like writing resumes, but it, it's it's such a crucial part of how you get your foot in the door. So I guess my first question for you, and also just this is just a reminder to everyone out there, is as you get questions, put them in the comments because we're going to be taking them at the end of the show. So Linda, what's the number one misconception people have about resumes? Yes. Uh, when it comes to misconceptions, I would say there are probably two major ones. The very first misconception is, that a lot of job candidates have is that they treat their resume as if it's a laundry list uh, where it's a dumping ground, where they have to dump every single detail, every single task, every assignment, every project that they've ever worked on. They think that they have to include it on their resume. And for some reason, it's as if people, I mean, I've worked with a lot of uh, job candidates who fear that maybe somebody's going to find out that they're not including every single detail. And that's not true. First of all, nobody, you know, scopes through your resume and looks to see if you've done everything, if you've listed everything that you've ever done. Um, and on top of that, that's not what hiring managers are looking for. You really want to make sure, which we're going to learn today, that you have relevant experience, relevant skills included on your resume, because that's what they want to see. So that's the first misconception. The second misconception is uh, I find a lot of job candidates, they feel that the resume writing process is sort of just a one and done process, meaning you just write one version of your resume and then you blast it out to hundreds of jobs that you're interested in. And the truth here is that's a misconception because every job is slightly different. Every job is unique. Even though it might be the same type of job, every company requires slightly different skills or qualifications or aspects that they're looking for in a candidate. And so you have to tailor your resume for every job. Now, tailoring does not mean rewriting. Okay, I want to make that clear. You're, it's impossible to rewrite your resume every single time. Um, but if you have the right format and the right strategy, which is what we're going to talk about, then you should be able to make just a few tweaks and you'll, you'll have a standout resume for them. Yeah, I think that is such an important point is that when you talk about tailoring your resume, it doesn't mean starting from scratch every single time. And I think a lot of people, they hear that and they just say, okay, I give up. I'm going to start just sending out the same resume over and over again. So I'm really happy that you highlighted that. And, you know, to people out there who say, listen, I don't like writing resumes, you know, no one does. I don't like writing resumes. And, and a lot of times people will message me and ask me to write theirs. And I'm sure, Linda, I'm sure you get that from your friends and family too. Yes. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for people who are struggling and I'll be, and honestly, as someone who, you know, I went to school for journalism, I was a reporter for many years. One of the biggest hurdles that you face is a blank sheet of paper or a blank word document. So when it comes to writing your resume from scratch, where do you start? Great question. Um, so there are a few things to consider. I think a lot of it starts off before you even type anything onto the Word document. Uh, the first thing that you want to get clear when it comes to writing your resume from scratch is know what job title it is that you're going for. What type of job are you going for? You don't want to start your job search, your resume writing process with a slew of different job titles that you want to uh, pursue because that's just going to confuse you in terms of how you're going to prepare your resume. You want to start with the type of job that you most desire. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the latest Career Talks. I'm your host, Andrew Seaman, LinkedIn's managing editor for jobs and career development. 
I'm so excited that you're all here. I see so many of you in the stream. So please continue to introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your name, where you're from, and what you do. Maybe if you're in the middle of a job search or if you want to upgrade your career. Really, whatever you're going through, tell us in the comments. We already have so many people here. We have Jose from Miami. We have Adi from uh, Israel. We have Elaine from Paris. Michael, also from Tampa, Florida. Uh, we have Anna from London. Nicholas from Columbia. Chris from California and Allison from Illinois. And I'm joining you live from the Empire State Building in the heart of New York City. So welcome to all of you. Like I said, introduce yourselves. And then once you're done with that, I want you to look at who else is in the comments. Maybe you see someone who is in your geographic region. Maybe you see someone who is in the field that you work in. Maybe they work in the field that you want to work in. Reach out to them. Maybe you can help each other job search or talk about your career, about your industry. Really, networking is the cornerstone of successful job search, and there's no better time to start than right now. So make sure you're building those connections. And we have such a great topic for you today. We're really talking all about how to use resumes to become an outstanding candidate who really attracts a lot of attention from employers. And you know, despite all the headlines about layoffs, there's still hiring going on. There's still job difference between good job descriptions and bad job descriptions. Yes, great question. So, I mean, if you've been job searching for a while, you've probably seen some not so good job descriptions. And I'm not here to say like, if you find good, bad job descriptions, not so good, whatever you want to call them, if you find them, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't apply to those jobs. By all means, apply to them, but only after you've built your resume off of good job descriptions. Because even for a bad job description, even those hiring managers want to see good resumes, even if they gave you a crappy job description to, to, to work with. You still want to build a strong, solid resume. And so uh, a bad job description or a not so good job description is one that doesn't really give you a lot of detail about what the job does, what they require, what the company wants from you as a candidate. Um, and so for example, if we take a look at what a bad job description looks like, I mean, this might be something you've seen before where uh, the bullet points are very short, it's just very vague, sparse. This is for a technician, mechanical engineering technician, where as you can see, there is nothing on there that talks about what the job actually does. It's just very high level, very vague. Um, and so uh, there aren't any responsibilities or keywords. And so when it comes to a good job description, before we look at what that actually entails, what you have to remember is that there are three key sections that you want to identify that belong to good job descriptions. And that is the summary, the responsibilities, and the qualifications. If a, if a job description has three, if they break out their uh, bullet points into three sections like that, where they talk about a summary or an overview, and they talk about responsibilities, where they detail in full sentences the bullet points for what they're asking for in terms of tasks uh, that you'll be doing, and then they also talk about technical qualifications that you need to have as a job candidate, that's considered a good job description, and those are the best ones to use to help you to build the foundation of your uh, resume. So if we take a look at a good job description here, um, this is just a, a section of a good job description. Of course, you know, given space, we don't have the opportunity to look at a full detailed job description, but just as you can see, just from first glance, you can already see in this one where it's a mechanical engineering technician job as well, where they've actually listed out, this looks more like the responsibility section, they've listed out exactly what it is that you're gonna be doing as a job candidate, participate in machinery installation, repair and maintenance, assistant preparing design, drawings and specifications, et cetera, et cetera. So they're full sentences, they're well-written, they're detailed, they include the three sections like I mentioned, and they thoroughly explain the job and it gives you a sense of what the hiring manager wants. So you're gonna to want to grab three to five of these good job descriptions to help you form the basis of your resume to start. Yeah, I think this is a really good juxtaposition between bad and good. And also what I like about good job descriptions is that a lot of times it's, you know, a good job description is because the hiring manager has really thought about what they need or what problems they need solved. Don't you think it, it usually it's it, the hiring experience for you as a job seeker is better, I think, often from those job descriptions. Yes, for sure. I, you know, you can gain a lot of insight. I mean, I know um, someone had mentioned that they don't, you can't tell what a hiring manager wants. If you really know, learn how to read a job description in detail, you can actually gain a good sense as to what it is they are looking for. 
in a candidate. And that will only help you with not only the resume, but then going on for the interview as well. Definitely. And so once you get a bunch of these good job descriptions, say you get a handful, like maybe five, and you say, okay, this seems like the job I want. All of them are a little bit different, but this is pretty much the area that I want to be in. What do you do then? Yes. So what you're really looking for, I mean, aside from the summary, the responsibilities and the qualifications, what you're really looking for is what I call keywords. Okay. So what are keywords? Keywords are key actions, tasks, responsibilities, knowledge requirements mm -hmm. of the position. They basically form the role and they tend to be repeated throughout the job description. So what you'll notice is that when you start to look at multiple job descriptions, you'll notice that there are patterns and commonalities across the different descriptions. You'll notice that, oh, there are commonly uh, the, the, the same verbs being used. Perhaps they all require you to analyze reports, analyze this type of report, analyze that type of report. So now you know, okay, that's actually a keyword because it's repeated, it's repetitive, it's, it's uh, common across multiple job descriptions. And so that's what you want to start taking note of is the keywords. This is how you form your vocabulary. Like I say, this is how you learn the hiring manager's language. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that that's really good. And then once you have the keyword inventory list, like I'm, I'm looking at some of these now, um, you know, what, you know, how do you apply that to the resume? So, so you, you sort of are looking at these good, good uh, job descriptions and then you say, okay, um, I see these keywords, things like that. What do you do then? Yes. Okay. So when, once you've, you've seen the keywords, you start highlighting the keywords, right, on the job descriptions. And then what I would say is open up a Word document, Word, open up an Excel spreadsheet and start building out what you call uh, an inventory list of keywords. So this, again, is all about building up your vocabulary. So you'll start to make note of the most common keywords. You'll start to um, have a list for yourself of knowing what exactly these jobs are asking for from a um, responsibility standpoint, from a, uh, from a task standpoint, uh, that sort of thing. Um, and then once you have that inventory list, then from there, you're finally ready to take the step of actually opening up a Word document and starting to put, use those keywords to put string together bullet points and uh, essentially section together uh, 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 your first draft of your resume. Yeah, that's really great advice. And I guess, you know, when it comes down to sort of the keywords and tailoring your resume to the job description. So say you have like three jobs that you have lined up and you want to, you know, speak the manager's language, but then you also want to tailor your resume, you know, how far can you tailor it without feeling like you're not being authentic? Because I think that's sort of an area where people sometimes feel like they're making missteps. Yes. I mean, this is this is the thing is that you don't want to be completely entirely copying and pasting what's on the job description and then, uh, you know, throwing that on your resume and saying that that's that's all you. That's not the case. Remember that what you're looking for, like I said, are the keywords. So what are the key tasks, key responsibilities that these jobs are asking for? And then you have to do the process. This is where you actually can think. OK, but up until this point, it's it's actually all mechanical. It's all process oriented, you just kind of go through the steps of highlighting keywords, making a list and then um, and then and then deciding which ones you want to use. But now you can actually reflect and ask yourself, OK, out of all of these keywords, which ones relate to me? Where have in my experience, have I uh, prepared reports? What kind of reports have I prepared and, and how have I prepared them and why did I prepare them? So now it's your chance to add your flair to it, to cater and tailor those keywords to your experience so that your resume is unique and it represents exactly what the company wants, but also in terms of your experience. So it's reflecting both. Got it. And now, you know, when it comes to speaking the hiring manager's language, you know, is that the same thing as tailoring your resume or is that something a little bit different? What is your advice for that? I would say speaking the hiring manager's language still comes from knowing the vocabulary, knowing what it is that hiring managers are looking for. And again, it all stems generally from the job description. I mean, that's really all we have to work with here, truthfully. When you're applying for a job, you don't have access to much. You can go on the LinkedIn, uh, their LinkedIn profiles, you can go on the company website, but really the job description is where it's at. And so if you can understand within this job, these are the key responsibilities, the key tasks, the key qualifications that they're looking for in a job candidate. 
from there, once you go, you know, once you built the resume and you go into the interview, you're going to still leverage all those keywords that you've built up in your vocabulary and you're going to leverage them and create stories that I call them SAR stories, but you, you're going to create stories that are engaging and share with the hiring manager how you've been able to uh, demonstrate that particular task or, or skill that they're asking for. Yeah, that makes sense. And now, uh, when you it, it comes and I, I I see this um, I, from Tara in the comments, and you know, does it make sense to so say you're applying to be a software engineer? and a company uses a slightly modified name for that. Should you tailor that to be what the company calls it or should you stick with software engineer, which is what you were called at your last company? That's a really good question. And this is, uh, this is I, I would say, it co combines your comfort level uh, as well as what, what the standard is. So what I mean by that is, you know, if, if you're a software engineer and the company has a very specific title for their software engineers, I mean, it it really has to be you have to determine for yourself, is this a, a standard title that's within the industry that software engineers or I don't, and I don't know what the other version of it would be? Uh, are they interchangeable? If they're interchangeable and industry standard says, yeah, you can be one or the other. It's the same type of job. Then absolutely. I would cater the resume to sound like what the company is asking for, meaning use their job title and call yourself that. Um, and, and as long as, you know, it's the same type of job uh, that, that you have experience in. Now, if it's completely different, this is where it completely different from your previous experience. This is where I would make real good use of the keywords within the rest of the resume and not necessarily the job title portion. I'd probably keep the job title that you currently possess and use all the other keywords that the job title has, uh, sorry, that job description has and make sure that you emphasize those throughout the entire resume so that even if your job title isn't the exact same as the job that you're going for, but your bullet points and the keywords that you're using are similar and actually are the same and, you and you're proving that you have the experience that they're asking for, that's still going to help you. Um, that's actually going to help you to, to still potentially land the interview and get the, get the job offer. And, and it's worked with clients that I've worked with in the past. That's fantastic. And I'm so happy we're getting into like the nuts and bolts of a resume. I think it's going to help so many people. And to all of you out there, remember, get your questions in. We already have so many coming in, but we'll be answering those at the end of the show. And then as a lot of you are asking, don't worry, this is being recorded. And then once we are done with the show, once you hit refresh, we will have this recording here for you. So you could watch all of this wonderful advice again from Linda. And, you know, my next question is, is format because people, they go online, they look for resume formats and there are thousands. There are color ones. There are ones that start with experience. There's ones that start with skills. There's some that start with like education. You know, where should people start? What is the best format for a resume? Yes. Oh, great question. Um, I would say it's definitely not the format that you learned back in high school. If you ever took grade 10, uh, grade 10, your careers class where they told you to write the objective and then just, it was a very straightforward, short, vague bullet point, almost like a bad job description type of resume that I remember learning in high school. Definitely not that. And, uh, I have a very strict format for what I would tell every single person, no matter what industry, what job title you possess, you're going to follow this format. This is my my own uh, from having been a recruiter and a career strategist uh, the three components that you want to have on your resume the first is what i call a profile and the profile represents the overview of your experience and the qualifications that you possess so it's the high level summary of who you are right in a quick snapshot and i can explain that more in a bit um, from there you're going to want to have your professional experience fully laid out now this is the meat of the resume this is where a lot of people get hung up on uh, in terms of putting too many bullet points or too few bullet points and then the last i would say is education especially if you're someone who already has work experience, even just a few years, that's what hiring managers are wanting to see um, more so rather than your education, as much as education is important. But if you have what they require from an education standpoint, it's not it's not as um, vital for you to include it at the beginning. If anything, it's better to just put it at the end because you want to highlight what you bring to the table from a skills, qualifications, experience standpoint instead. So uh, responsibilities and, and uh, education. 
Yeah, and I'm so happy you mentioned the objective. Um, I do not, I, a lot of people, they still think an objective is important at the top of the resume. And I always tell them, never include that. Your objective is to get a job. And if someone receives your resume, they know that implicitly. So don't worry about object, objective. And we'll obviously get into your um, your uh, comments about profile and things like that. But something that I want to get to before we even get to that is applicant tracking systems. And I know some people in the comments I've been watching have been asking about these, which are sort of the ideas that there are bots that are going to sort out your resume and things like that. Um, but can you tell us what applicant tracking systems are? Because there's so much misinformation about them out on the internet. Yes, yes. Applicant tracking systems, I feel, are, well, I in terms of what they are, it's a computer software that's designed to scan resumes, and uh, it'll scan out uh, resumes for certain keywords, and it'll weed out the ones that don't match what the job description entails. Now, here's the thing, though, about applicant tracking systems. A lot of people freak out about them, and the truth is, is if you are following this process of leveraging job descriptions and keywords, and you're using the job descriptions uh, to build your resume, as we were describing today, and you're following the strategy, then you don't need to worry at all about what happens with the applicant tracking systems. You're gonna pass it for sure, because again, they're using the job descriptions to identify keywords, and you're using the job descriptions to use the keywords to put on your resume. So you're all doing the same thing. Um, and so that's when you really don't have to worry. The one time that you should worry about applicant tracking systems is if you're not following this process and this system that we're talking about, and you're just writing your resume just from the top of your head and using your own memory and thoughts, um, that's where I would worry. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And, you know, for people out there, I think they're so scared of applicant tracking systems. And what I always tell them is like, it's basically a big Excel sheet or a big Google Doc sheet where, you know, recruiters, hiring managers, they're seeing who is in queue for the job. So even if the, um, you know, the applicant tracking system scans a resume, looks for keywords, things like that, the recruiter, the hiring manager, they're still seeing the resume. So there's still a person behind all of this. The recruiter, they're the ones who control the applicant tracking system. And the vast majority of recruiters that I've talked to throughout my life, throughout my career, they actually do go through and read all of the resumes at some of the larger companies. There are actually recruiters that just do that. So, you know, don't worry necessarily about the applicant tracking systems because they all have different capabilities. Some are smarter, some are dumber, but really at the end of the day, they're a big filing cabinet and there's still a human on the other side of it. So what you need to be prepared for is to put out the best resume, put out the best application um, that you can. And honestly, one of the things that I always tell people about the whole process is that when you are on a website inputting your information into a job application, you're actually dealing with an applicant tracking system, just the front end of it. And all that information then goes into sort of basically a file for a recruiter and a hiring manager to look at. Um, so I love your point about, you know, if you're just doing a good job application, if you're doing a great job on your resume, you don't even have to worry about that. Um, so I, I really appreciate that point. Um, and going back to the profile part of all of this, you know, what is that? You know, can you tell us a little bit about what that should be at the top of a resume? Yes, uh, profile. So I mean, one thing I want to point out is that a lot of people don't even include this particular section on their resume, which is the profile or, or summary uh, on your resume. And that is, I would say, a grave mistake because here's the thing. It only takes a recruiter or a hiring manager a few seconds to review your resume that very first time. And from there, they'll know if they want to continue you forward in that process of potentially calling you in for the interview or just deleting and chucking you into the trash bin. Um, and so this is important because if you have a profile or a summary overview, that's where their eyes are going to go to first when they're first scanning that resume in the first three seconds. And so you want to make sure that that profile gives you the overview of who you are from a uh, title standpoint, what skills and experience you possess, and the qualifications that you have that are in line with the job that you're applying for. Um, and so, you know, there are several components and several bullet points that are included in a profile that unfortunately due to interest of time and all that we don't, we don't have the ability to get into. Um, but I would talk about the very first bullet point 
And that is that you want to label yourself as the job title or similar job title to what it is that you're applying for. That's the first thing. So if you're a financial analyst and you're applying for a financial analyst job, fantastic. Make sure that's that goes right in there in that first bullet point. That you're a financial analyst with what types of experiences and skills that you bring. And again, these are going to come back to the keywords that you did all that work researching and highlighting. And from there, you're going to also talk about the qualifications, the type of industry that you possess. So that's all going to go in that very first bullet point. It's going to seem a little bit run on. I mean, that's my uh, that's that's just how it might look. But uh, it's all part of the process of the hiring manager scanning and seeing ding, 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 ding. You know, you 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 match so many keywords of what the job is asking for right off the bat. Um, and so. That's why having a profile, having a summary and overview of who you are as a candidate is really important. Yeah. And also, I think beyond just sort of when we were talking about the applicant tracking system, when you talk about keywords and getting them into the resume, one of the great things about it, too, is that you, a recruiter's looking for those words just like mm. anyone else. So, you know, if they see in the job description that there are certain technical skills that you need to have and you list them on your resume, you know, they're going to be looking for those just like, like you know, Linda said, bing, 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 like to, to know that, uh you know, you have those skills, you have those abilities. Um, so that's also a great reason to make sure that you're looking at the job description and, and translating that onto your resume. Um, now, Linda, the professional experience part, that is sort of the, uh, the meat of the resume, I think, um, because it tells you, you know, where you've been, what you've done. So what should people put in their professional experience? Yes. Um, so, okay. So when it comes to professional experience, just like you said, Andrew, it's the meat of the resume. You want to obviously include the company that you work, you've worked at, the companies that you've worked at, the job titles and the dates, the exact clear dates, month and year, um, uh, that, that from when to when that you've worked at those companies. Um, but you definitely also want to have very clear, well-written bullet points, responsibility bullet points is what I call them, that outline exactly what it is that you did in those jobs. And here's the thing, they have to be relevant. I think I've mentioned this a few times already. They have to be relevant to the job that you're applying for. You do not have to dump every single task, duty, assignment that you've ever worked on in that job in your resume. You just have to pick out the relevant uh, bullet points relevant keywords and relevant uh, tasks that you've done. Um, and so, I mean, I can even talk about what the formula for a responsibility bullet point would look like. And that would be what you did. So the action. So let's say it's prepare financial statements or prepare reports or um, uh, develop analysis and then how you did it. And this is this is a little bit more flexible. How when I say how it could be exactly that how you did it, like, did you compile data from a certain system or it could be just giving it more context, like uh, from a time frame perspective, how, how long does it take you to do that thing or how often do you do it? So you could say prepare reports on a monthly quarterly and annual basis. I mean, that's just giving a little bit more context. And then the last part is the why. Why do you do what you do? the purpose behind what you do. And this is the part that a lot of people miss out on. And it could be as simple as to support management decision-making if it's if that task is re directly related to that. But you have to understand, why do I do this particular task? If you're only listing out the tasks themselves, that's not showing to the employer from a communication standpoint that you truly understand your role, that you, under you understand the nuances of why you do what you do. And it just, um, it, 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 it doesn't, make you stand out essentially so you want to uh, include those three components the what the how and the why um, and the other thing that i also want to say about professional experience that uh, i don't want to forget is after you've written those re uh, responsibility bullet points you also want to right underneath them include accomplishments and actually have a section specifically for that particular job okay because this is where a lot of people make the mistake uh, where they include an entirely completely different section on their resume where they just put accomplishments and then they list out a bunch of accomplishments and as a recruiter or a hiring manager they have no idea what that accomplishment relates to in terms of what company you you did that accomplishment at what job you did that in so you don't want to have a section that's why i don't have a section like that you have that it's like a subsection underneath these responsibilities for each job. You want to have at least one, maybe two accomplishments uh, that you list where they are quantifiable. So 
a formula for accomplishment would be what did you successfully do? Okay, what did you successfully do? What was the what was the accomplishment itself? You successfully uh, created a new template. Okay, let's as an example, what did it result in? And this is the thing. Generally, an accomplishment is an accomplishment because it resulted in something, whether it was a time savings, you saved three hours of work for the team or three days of work, or it's a cost savings, ideally, uh, if, if you knew that it resulted in a quantifiable amount, or if it was that an in increased revenue or increased profit in some way. So save time, save money or improved profitability. Uh, and then on, on top of that, you wanna make sure that you quantify that. So as long as it has a number, a percentage, a dollar value uh, associated to it, that helps to really solidify the accomplishment. Yeah, that's a great uh, crash course into sort of what to put in that experience and what those bullet points should be. And, you know, I always tell people that, you know, even if you are in a creative position, it doesn't mean that you didn't have quantifiable, you know, metrics. Maybe it's that you had to produce a certain amount of copy each day. Maybe it's that you had to churn out a certain number of stories. So even in the most creative jobs, there's usually some metrics in there that you can dig into. And what I usually suggest to people is keep a little journal off to the side. And when you get wins, when people give you feedback, when you get a number, you you mark that down. And then later on, you have that to reference, whether it's during a performance review or when you're writing your resume. And now we're getting almost to the end of my questions here. And we have so many good ones coming in. Uh, so I'm looking forward to getting to those. And Linda, my next question, though, to round out the resume part of this is education. What do we do with that? Yeah, honestly, education is the most straightforward one. And uh, that's what you want to make sure that you do is to keep it straightforward. I've seen people put in their education sections um, a whole slew of things like the courses that they've taken from 10 years ago and, and you know, obscure certifications that are completely irrelevant to the job. I would say cut those things out. Just keep it straight to the point. Talk about the institutions, the universities, the colleges, whatever it is that you uh, that you attended, the degrees, the certifications, the diplomas that you received and the dates. Um, and of course, if there's something unique about that in the sense that, let's say, uh, you, you were, uh, you know, the top student there or you received really high grades and, and you received recognition for that. Fine. You can absolutely include that. But you don't have to list everything uh, from an education standpoint that you studied, that you learned, especially if it's not relevant. So just keep it short and sweet um, in your education session. Yeah. And especially, you know, the farther you get from your graduation or your last education, I think the least uh, or at least the less important it becomes, don't you think? Exactly. Uh, I, I agree. With <laughs> and I actually want to just go back to that previous point, Andrew, that you had said about keeping track of your accomplishments. I, I know that we're, we're talking about education here, but I think that that is uh, an excellent suggestion. And that's something that I always recommend to all uh, individuals, all professionals is when you're starting a new job or if you're in your current job right now, but you still and you want to leave, you still have to do that reflection of what have I accomplished? What have I done successfully? And Figure out the numbers behind it if you can and write that down because you will forget. Um, and, and then when it comes to performance review time or writing a resume time, you can definitely pull them out and uh, use them to your advantage. Yeah. And also, if you are at an employer and, you know, we like I said, we've heard a lot of um, headlines. We've seen a lot of headlines about layoffs. Always print off your performance reviews or anything else that you want to reference later on, um, because sometimes if you're laid off, you lose access to those. So you want to make sure you have a file of those at home. Um, and Linda, my last question for you is one that keeps popping up in the comments here. I see it keeps scrolling by. How long should a resume be? Is there any hard rule to that or is it as long as you need it to be? You know what? When I first graduated, uh, I always heard through the grapevine and just out loud. I don't know. I, everyone always says it should just be one page. Your resume should just be one page. And the truth is, if you're um, an experienced professional, trying to limit everything that you've ever done into one page is just, it really is impossible. It's, it may be okay to do that if you're a fresh graduate and you don't have that much experience to be able to list out. But if you already have several years of work experience, I would say for sure, take it to the two uh, pages. Two pages is standard, it's completely acceptable, but anything more than that, on the other hand, is uh, is showing the employers that you don't really know how to be concise, potentially, that you can't keep it you know, down. And, and the truth is, 
you're only really wanting to emphasize the most recent positions that you've worked at. Don't need You don't need to start writing out crazy uh, detailed bullet points for jobs that you held 10 plus years ago. Those jobs can be kept to a minimum. You can just list the job title, the company name, and maybe one or two bullet points related to them. Um, but you don't have to do these lengthy responsibility bullet points uh, for every single job. You just want to emphasize the most recent ones because again, that's, that's what hiring managers are going to be looking at. So you want to pay attention to those and then keep everything that you've written, the profile, the professional experience, the education, all within two pages. Yeah, no, I think that's really great advice. I think for most people, two pages will cut it. Um, you know, if you are a higher up executive, maybe you need to go to three, but I think, you know, for the most people, it's going to be two. Um, and Linda, I want to get to our member questions because we have so many amazing ones. Um, but before we get to that, I just want to remind everyone that this is being recorded. So if you missed any of Linda's amazing advice. It will be here for you once we're done. It'll be archived here so you can watch it again and again. And I also want to address, I saw some people in the comments wondering about the difference between a resume and a CV, which is a curriculum vitae. They're mostly the same thing in academics. They call something a CV, but it's a different beast entirely for all intents and purposes. A CV and a resume are the same thing. So if you saw people asking about CVs and people asking about resumes, in the comments, they're the same thing. So don't worry about that. Linda, the first question that I want to ask is comes from Melissa. And she says, should I add a photo and colored text? Or is that a distraction? Okay, so I would, I'm very old school in this sense, and very traditional in that I believe it should just be black and white font, black font, 